Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Some response. I just figured I'd carry a bag around since you do that from the day your kids are born. <laughs> Even as you get older, doesn't matter how small your purse gets, they still hand you things to put in your purse. My kids are young adults and they're like, here, mom, can you hold this for me? No, I'm done holding things for you. Hold it yourself. Well, I just want to say happy Mother's Day to everybody and especially to my mother who is here on the front row. So mom, if you would please stand. Stand up, mama. I honor you today um, because you are an example of a mother who is free, who loves her children fiercely, but doesn't get too involved. You are not a helicopter mom, and I appreciate that, and I have loved the way that you have modeled being a mother to me and now that I am to my girls. And so I love you and I honor you today. And also to my mother-in-law who I know is watching because she watches every single Sunday. Mama, I love you. I miss you. And I hope you have a happy Mother's Day. And listen, I tried to send flowers, but I was too late and nobody delivers to Hermosa, South Dakota. So I'm going to have to do something. A little bit later. Okay, I love you. All right. Okay, so it's been a while since I have got to preach to you guys. And so I am like all over the place. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I feel like it's my first time, but it's not my first time. Like it's been such a while. But um, so I'm really, really honored and super excited to be here. So if I don't make any sense, just bless me anyway, okay? All right, before I get into my message, of course, I have a... A joke for you. Listen, I always, if you're new with us, I always start my message with a joke. And there is more pressure on the joke than there is on the message. I just want you to know, I get more nervous trying to find a stupid joke than I do listening to the Holy Spirit. Okay, so <laughs> I have mom's recipe for iced coffee. Are you ready this for this? Mom's recipe for iced coffee. Number one, have kids. It makes you a mom. Number two, make coffee. Number three, forget you made the coffee. Number four, drink it cold. That is absolutely the way that it works. <laughs> um, and during this time, uh, there was a quote that said, I'm homeschooling like that substitute teacher who rolls in the TV for a movie and just eats snacks in the back of the class. Some of you, that's how you are homeschooling your children right now. And then my daughter the other day said to me, Mom, what's it like to have the greatest daughter in the world? And I said, I don't know. Go ask your grandma. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. You guys are a rowdy bunch today. All right. <laughs> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your presence, God. And that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so, God, I just really feel like that you are infusing laughter and joy into our hearts today. That, God, as we celebrate our mothers in the earth today, we thank you, Father, that you are the ultimate father and mother. And that you can teach us all things. And so we lean into you today. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, that as we open your word, that you do what only you can do, which is to change us. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we are in... 
in this series, Unforced Rhythms. And uh, last week, Pastor Troy talked about, um, he kicked it off with, uh, he brought out a bunch of trash bags, remember? And he was like throwing them over the edge and everybody's like, what on earth is this man doing? And so he talked about how when the, the people would throw the trash over the cliff, that the waves would come and bring the trash out into the water. And as the waves rolled over it, it became something beautiful. It was no longer trash, but it became treasure. And that's what grace does for us is that it gives, it makes us a treasure. And he talked about how we are already approved with God that we do not have to try and earn God's approval, but that we already have it. Our passport has already been stamped, which means we have access to everything that God has provided for us. Amen? If you missed it last week, you can always watch it on our YouTube channel and catch up. Um, So 2020 was a year, wasn't it? It was a year, uh, to say the least. And so I know that um, for a lot of us, it, it was a very challenging year. Um, especially as moms, it was very challenging. We went into lockdown, right? And we're like, three weeks. I can do this for three weeks. And so it was actually fun, right? We started making banana bread. Anyone else? Sourdough starter? Anyone? All the things that were going around on TikTok and Instagram and Pinteresting everything. We were tie-dyeing everything. We're just going to tie-dye it. We had family dinners, right? My girls all took turns making dinners. And we were like, we can do this. And then three weeks came and went. And then it was a month. And then it was two months. And by three months, you're like, screw it. I'm not doing any of this anymore. We're just going to survive. There's the microwave. Throw it in and eat it, right? (laughs) So, sorry, should I not have said it that way? Okay. Sorry, it's been a while. (laughs) Just so you know, that that was Pastor Kirk's wife that he was fawning over so much. Just, yes, inappropriately. But I think as moms, we went into, you know, mom mode. We kind of kicked into survival mode. And if you were working and then all of a sudden now you're working from home and so you're trying to work and take care of the kids and make sure that they were logged in where they needed to be. And so now you were the teacher, you were the nurse, you were the computer specialist, you were tech support, you were the Zoom expert. You had to be because everybody in the household was like, how do I get on? I don't know how to get on. And you're like, I got to figure it out for everybody. And so the demands increased and the pressure increased and the world went crazy, right? And we watched and we prayed and we did the best that we could. And I just want to tell you today that you did the best that you could. You survived. And if your kids are still alive, well done. Because sometimes that's all you got to do. Just keep them alive till the end of the day. That was just making sure you were awake. Okay. So with all of this craziness, I have a question for you. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Our foundation scripture, Matthew 11, 28 through 30, in the message translation actually says that. Jesus says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. 
I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So Jesus said that we can learn the rhythm of grace, that we can learn that unforced rhythm. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I'm forcing things so much. I feel like sometimes in my life I'm taking that, that square peg and trying to fit it into a round hole, and it just isn't working no matter how many ways I try to do it. But that's because I'm trying to do it myself. But Jesus said you've got to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. It's a rhythm. It's a drum beat. And you just get in that rhythm. And Jesus said you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And so I want to break down this scripture to you today and kind of pull some things out of it so that we can really begin to grab a hold of what grace is in our life. So grace, by the simplest definition, are you guys ready? If you're taking notes, I'm going to give you a definition for grace. The simplest definition is unmerited favor or unconditional love. Now, if you're like me, I wanted to look up what unmerited means so that I could make sure that I knew. So unmerited means to receive something that you did not earn or something that you did not deserve. So it's undeserved favor. You didn't earn it. You didn't do something great to get it. It is simply something that is just given to you. And the word favor, of course, is favor is something good being given to you. The word favorite comes from the word favor, right? And it means that you are someone's favorite. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, I am God's favorite. Each one of us can say that we are God's favorite because we have grace, his unmerited favor in our life. And so when you receive grace, you receive something better than what you deserve. You receive God's favor in your life. And God showed us grace through Jesus Christ. When he was on the cross, Jesus took all the punishment that we deserved. And he put it upon himself and on the cross. And he gave us the gift of the relationship with God. He said, I'm going to take your place as the punishment for sin. And now you can take my place in this relationship with God. You now have unmerited favor with him. See, the grace of God is the most beautiful and powerful thing that we could ever, ever encounter. But it is difficult for our minds to wrap around it. Because we are taught when we're young, growing up in school, you do something good, you do your chores at home, then you get a reward. God is the opposite. You don't have to do anything except receive Jesus and you get the favor of God. You get his blessings. It's unconditional. And so our minds have a hard time grabbing a hold of what that actually means. It pushes back against our understanding of what is fair and what people deserve. We can be Judgy McJudgerson all the time, right? Just, I deserve it, but them? Did you see what they did? It's the same for everyone. We all get the same amount of favor from God. The same grace is available to you as it is to somebody in prison. The same grace is available to everyone. And so we've got to learn how to walk in this grace. We've got to learn how to receive the grace that we've been given according to what Jesus did on the cross. And so we've got to learn that unforced rhythm of grace because then it's easy. 
to begin to live and move and in him. So let's learn the rhythm. So the first thing that Jesus said in this, or one of the things that Jesus said in uh, this passage of scripture, our foundation scripture, is he said, watch how I do it. He said, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. And so I want to back up to verse 27. So let's, let's look at verse 27, what he said actually before he went into our foundation scripture. And so in verse 27, it says this, Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. So before this, it actually says that Jesus was speaking quite strong, that he was like very firm and he was coming against a lot of the religious uh, leaders and what they were saying. And so he was being really, really stern with them. And so then it says that he resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. And he says this, a father has given me all these things to do and say. This is a unique father-son operation. Coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the son the way the father does. Nor the father, the way the son does, but I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. And then he says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Come away. Watch how I do it. And so to learn the unforced rhythm of grace, we've got to watch Jesus and how he did it. He did it because it was based upon the relationship with the father. You started this Christian walk in Jesus, right? You could not save yourself. And so when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are now stepping into a relationship with him. And so we start that way. So why do we think we can finish it on our own? It's only in him that we live and move and have our being. It's only in him that we can do anything in this life that's worth doing. Right? And so that's what Jesus said. He said, look, this is a father-son relationship. And yes, it's unique. But guess what? If you'll listen to me, I'm going to show you how to do it. I'm going to show you how this relationship works so that you can then live the way that I live in that unforced rhythm of grace. Keep company with Jesus and learn. And that's what he said. He said, keep company with me. Keep company with me and learn how I do it. Watch how I do this. Now, he wasn't just talking to the apostles that were there. He was talking to each and every one of us. And so we've got to watch Jesus. How did he do it? If you are not reading your Bible and you have never read the stories of Jesus, then how do you know how he did it? And so we want to be victorious in our Christian walk. We want to have a good life and we want to be close with God, right? But yeah, we don't want to spend time in his word. That's how we watch Jesus. Jesus is not here present in the person, in the flesh today, right? We can't walk into the room and go, oh, there's Jesus. And we get to sit down and just learn from him. This is how we learn from him. It's all in here. So I always say this to you. If, if you're not sure where to read in your Bible, read in the Gospels. Follow Jesus. How did he do that? How did he heal that man? How did he heal that woman's hand when she stretched it out? How did he do it? He did it because of his relationship with the Father. He did it because of the grace that he was walking in. And that is now available to us. 
And so we've got to watch how he did it. We've got to keep company with Jesus and learn. Now, as I was um, preparing for this, I began to kind of think about different illustrations in the Bible about maybe how we could learn from someone um, that was close to Jesus. And so I want us to go to Matthew chapter 14. And we're going to read verses 22 through 33. And this is actually the story of Peter walking on the water. And you're like, okay, Pastor Jan, we like, you know, everybody knows this story. Peter walked on the water. But I want us to look at it a little bit different angle. That's the beautiful thing about God's word is that it is always um, available to us. And every time that we get into it, we can see a different side of God because he is never ending. We will never, ever have figured it out, right? And so we're always learning and growing. And so Matthew 14, verses 22 through 33 says this. It says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, that's really interesting. We can learn from Jesus in that. He came away from the crowds. He sent away those closest to him so he could be alone to what? To pray. You need to spend time in prayer. It says, now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, so this is about 4 o'clock in the morning, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Now, so many times we look at this scripture and we go, oh, Peter, he walked on the water. But he sank. He failed. Have you ever walked on water? This is amazing. Peter is like, they're in the boat. It's the middle of a storm. They see Jesus walking on the water. And Peter's like, Jesus, if that's you, let me come to you. And so Jesus says, come on, Peter. Come on. And so Peter steps over the side of a boat and decides, I'm going to Jesus. And he begins to walk on the water. Think about that for a moment. Have you ever stood at the edge of the pool and thought, I'll give it a shot? What would happen? Wow, that would be amazing. Wouldn't it like you just, all of a sudden, you just, it becomes solid ground underneath you. And that's what happened with Peter. So he begins to walk to Jesus. How did he do that? Because when he sank and Jesus lifted him up, Jesus said, oh, you have little faith. He didn't have some great faith. Right? It was, it's Jesus said you had little faith. He had enough faith to get out of the boat. But Jesus called that little. And so he didn't have this great faith. What did he have? He had the grace that Jesus was walking in. And he stepped out onto that grace. 
Why? Because he was watching Jesus. Jesus said, you can do it too. You just need to watch how I do it. And that's what Peter was doing. Peter was watching how Jesus did it. Now, Peter, he's a crazy man. I just love him. I feel a lot like Peter. You just open your mouth and you say something stupid all the time. But he was bold and he was brave. And he stepped into the grace that Jesus was walking on and walking in. He was watching how Jesus did it to the point that he thought in his mind, I can do it too. Can I tell you that when you watch Jesus, when you keep company with him, you begin to learn how he does things and you think I can do that too. If Jesus healed a blind man, I can do that too. Right? Why? Because he was watching him. He was learning how he did it. It was not in his own strength or his own ability. It was simply the grace that he had stepped into. John 15, 4 says this. So you must remain in life union with me. This is Jesus. You must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. Jesus said, if you live your life intimately joined to mine, you will bear much fruit. You will live in the unforced rhythms of grace. It's like a dance. So um, Pastor Troy and I are um, not the best dancers in the world. He claims to be. Um, but, you know, like, I was never taught, like, the waltz or, like, how to slow dance with somebody, like, beautifully. You know what I mean? Like, you know, in high school, we just stood there and swayed, right? And you were usually too fast for the rhythm. It was like, just stop. Um, and so <laughs> I am not a, the best slow dancer. I was never taught any of those things. And, and I remember, so sometimes when we're dancing, it's a little awkward. You know, we've got to kind of get into our rhythm. And he's always a little bit, we're also like kind of, he's not that much taller than me. And so it just sometimes, I love you, babe, but you know, right? And so <laughs> he'll be like, sweetheart, just relax. The other problem is, is I'm always trying to lead. And he's like, just stop, just let me lead. And so... Um, but we went to this wedding, and a friend of ours was getting married, and he was in the military. And so he had been to all the military balls, and so he could dance, right? And so we were doing the money dance, and so I went and put a dollar in his pocket, and maybe it was a little more than that. And so, um, and he took my hand, and he began to lead me around the dance floor. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> this is what happens when you just let someone else lead. Like it was, I was like, this is the most unforced rhythm because I let somebody else lead. If you would just let Jesus lead you, you would be in that unforced rhythm of grace. The problem is, is we take the lead. I got this. We say things like, I'm enough. Yes, you are enough, but can I tell you that you can be more? Because God is more than enough. He is our enough. 
And so we've got to just learn how to let him lead. And that's what Jesus was saying in this is that you've got to learn how to keep company with me and learn how to let me lead you. And you'll live in those unforced rhythms of grace. The other thing about grace is that grace is enough. So just like I said earlier, we start out in grace because by faith you are saved through grace, right? Not of your own works, lest any man should boast, but it is the free gift of God. And so God gives us this gift of salvation, and it's his grace that we get saved in. And then all of a sudden we begin to live our life, and we think now that that's not enough, that we need to add something more to it. That maybe his grace that I, I just don't quite grasp a hold of, it just maybe is, I just need to add a little bit more to it. And so then we begin to do things by works. And we begin to force things to happen in our life. And we get out of that unforced rhythm. So 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, I'm going to read it in the Amplified Bible, the classic edition. Because now there's two for some reason. So we're going to go old school and read 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And it says this. But he said to me, so this is Paul. Paul was entreating God um, to take the thorn. He says he has a thorn in his flesh. And there's all these things about what that is. We're not going to get into that today. But this is Paul talking to God. And he was asking God, basically, can you remove this from me? This pain that I'm enduring, can you remove it from me? And this is what... God says to him, he says, but he said to me, my grace, and in the Amplified, it says, my favor and loving kindness and mercy is enough for you, sufficient against any danger, and enables you to bear the trouble manfully. For my strength and power are made perfect. They are fulfilled and completed and show themselves most effective in your weakness. And so Paul says, therefore, I will more gladly glory in my weaknesses and infirmities that the strength and power of Christ the Messiah may rest Yes, that it may pitch a tent over and dwell over me. I just love that visual of grace. It's like a tent, a covering over your life. It covers you, and you can just live under that covering of grace. And so God said to him, my grace is enough. It is sufficient for you. It's, I've already given you everything that you need. Why are you asking me for more? I've given you everything that you need to overcome in this life and to endure what you're in the middle of because in your weakness, I am strong. When we are weak, he is strong. You don't have to try and be strong. You can simply be strong in him. He can be strong for you. And so I have this illustration that I came across. So here's the scene, okay? You and I and a half a dozen other people are flying across the country in a chartered plane that my daughter Riley has chartered because someday she's going to be rich and famous, okay? So she has chartered this plane, and we're all in this plane. All of a sudden, the engine bursts into flames, and the pilot rushes out of the cockpit. We're going to crash, she yells. Nobody ever wants to hear that on a plane. We've got to bail out. Good thing he knows where the parachutes are because we don't. So he passes them out. He gives us a few pointers, and we stand in line as he throws open the door. The first passenger steps up to the door and shouts over the wind, Could I make a request? Sure, what is it? 
Any way I could get a pink parachute? The pilot shakes his head in disbelief. Isn't it enough that I gave you a parachute at all? And so the first passenger jumps. The second steps to the door. I'm wondering if there's any way you can ensure that I won't get nauseated during the fall. No, but I can ensure you that you will have a parachute for the fall. Each of us comes with a request and receives a parachute. Please, Captain, says one, I'm afraid of heights. Would you remove my fear? No, he replies, but I'll give you a parachute. Another pleads for a different strategy. Couldn't you change the plans? Let's crash the plane. We might survive. The pilot smiles and says, you don't know what you're asking, and gently shoves the fellow out the door. One passenger wants some goggles, another wants boots, another wants to wait until the plane is closer to the ground. You people don't understand, the pilot shouts as he helps us one by one. I've given you a parachute. That's enough. Only one item is necessary for the jump, and he provides it. He places the strategic tool in our hands. The gift is adequate, but are we content? He provides all that you need to make the jump. And so sometimes we begin to request things of God, and he says, no, but my grace is sufficient for you. And so we don't always understand anything, things that happen in our life, and why did it happen that way? And, and we just sometimes have to say, I don't know, but his grace is sufficient for me. I've got my parachute. I've got it packed. I've got it ready, and I can jump anywhere because I know that his grace is enough. His grace is enough. His grace is enough. You don't need anything else but the grace of God. Set on forced rhythm of grace. And so maybe some of you in here today are feeling like, man, I just feel like I've really messed up. Maybe in this last year you returned to some patterns in your life that you thought were gone and that you would never face again, but for some reason you fell back into them. And maybe you're like me that I I felt like there were some things that I failed in that I didn't do well in. All this pressure and the world was going crazy and, and I didn't do it right. I didn't get it quite right. I didn't do it perfectly. His grace is enough. His grace is all that you need. See, sometimes we're harder on ourselves than anyone else is, right? And we hold ourselves to this impossible standard that we can't possibly live up to. His grace is enough. His grace is sufficient for you in your weakness. The thing about God's grace is it is new every single morning. He says, my mercies are new every morning. You cannot wear out or run out God's grace. He doesn't go, listen, you used enough grace yesterday. I don't got any more for you today. You're just wearing me out, child. God does not do that. So this is what I want to do today as we close. I want to ask you, I want to pray for those who have maybe felt like they've been trying to do it outside of God's grace. And you feel like you have failed in this last year in particular. Where you were like, I just wore myself out trying to do it on my own. If you would stand this morning, I want to pray for you. Whether you are a mother, a man, a child, it doesn't matter who you are today. I feel like God's grace 
is here for you today. His power is here for you today. Because it isn't just about his pardoning of your sin. It's about his power to do that which he asks you to do. So I'm going to ask you to stand. If you would just stand this morning. I know there's more than one in here. I know there's a lot of people in here. Because I'm standing with you too. I have felt like that I've been trying to force some things in my life. Trying to make things fit that don't quite fit. That God didn't give me to do. And so I had to release that and say, your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. So I'm going to pray for you. And, and right before I do, I want to read this scripture in Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40 says this, don't you know, haven't you been listening? Yahweh is the one and only everlasting God, the creator of all you can see and imagine. He never gets weary or worn out. His intelligence is unlimited. He is never puzzled over what to do. He empowers the feeble and infuses the powerless with increasing strength. Even when young people faint and get exhausted, athletic ones may stumble and fall. But those who wait for Yahweh's grace will experience divine strength. They will rise up on soaring wings and fly like eagles, run their race without growing weary, and walk through life without giving up. This is Yahweh's grace. This is God's grace. So if you would just lift your hands and let me pray for you this morning. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this room and into our hearts. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the healer and that you pour in the oil of your anointing. And so this morning, right now, I just pray for every person standing in this room and maybe standing, Father, those that are watching online who are standing also and saying, that's me, please pray for me today. Uh, Father, I just thank you that your grace is enough, that you are more than enough, God, that you are all that they need. And so I pray right now for a divine uh, revelation, God, of who you are in them, that your grace is more than enough, that, God, you make them more than conquerors because of what you have done, not because of what we've done. And so we just release any kind of shame. We release any kind of condemnation. We release any kind of guilt off of them in the name of Jesus. And we receive your strength, your love, your power, and your might because your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Now, if everybody would stand with me this morning. The most important thing about grace is God's saving grace. The most important decision that you will ever make is to receive the grace of God to receive his salvation into your life. And so if you are here today, maybe you're here because mama brought you here. Maybe you're here because a friend invited you. Maybe you've been coming for a while. Today may be your first time or your 20th time at Generations Church. But you have never surrendered your life. You've never said, Jesus, I'll let you be the leader and I'll let you lead. So I want to ask you this morning, have you made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life? You see, the thing about Jesus is he died on a cross for us. He shed his blood for us, but he didn't stay on that cross. He rose from the dead. And when he rose from the dead, he gave us that ability to have a relationship with God because of what he did. He died for us and he rose again for us. 
And because of that, you can have a relationship with God. It's about going to heaven. Yes, your eternal destination will change from one, from hell to one to heaven. And so much more than that is that here in this life, you now have an opportunity to learn the unforced rhythm of grace. Stop trying to do it on your own. You cannot be good enough. You cannot earn your way to heaven. It is only the gift of God, His grace, and it is available to you. So I want to ask you today to say a prayer with me and surrender your life. Let Him be the leader so that you can move in the dance with Him. So whether you've maybe said this in the past and you know today you need to recommit your life, that you want to make a decision today, I choose you today, Jesus then I'm going to ask you to pray this with me. We're all going to pray together. So let's say this out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. I thank you, Jesus, that you chose to die for me. And so today, I choose you as my Lord. I surrender my life to you, and I will let you be the leader. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, if you're in the room and you said that prayer, maybe you're watching online and you said that prayer, we want to celebrate with you. So I know we haven't done this in a while, but I really, really feel like today is a good day to celebrate those who accept Jesus or make a recommitment. And so I want to ask you, I'm going to count to three. And when I do, I want you to shoot your hand up as high as you can so that we can clap and cheer and celebrate the decision that you've made. If you're watching online, just simply raise your hand in the comments so that we can celebrate you online also. So are you ready? If you said that prayer for the first time or as a recommitment, I'm gonna to count to three. You're gonna shoot your hand up. Everybody else is gonna clap and cheer. So one, two, and three. I got any hands in the room? Shoot it up high so I can see it. All right. Okay, so I got one over here. I got one. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. Amen. If you did, and maybe you didn't raise your hand, thank you for raising your hand. We celebrate you today. It's the most important decision that you'll ever make. And this commitment to God in your life will change forever with Him. We have tables in the back of the room. We have people there. Um, and in the lobby, right, there's a green um, thing. It's bright green. You can't miss it. And we have a kit for you. If you are watching online and you said that our uh, online pastors will gladly get in touch with you if you just let us know. All right. I love you guys. Happy Mother's Day. We're going to worship one last time as we go. God bless you guys.